This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn radio app. And I am Lawson Walters, and beside me we have Camilla Scaff and Sven O'String, and we are continuing on with our breakfast show this morning. It's been so good so far. We've just wrapped up the first hour, and I'm just I'm loving it. I'm having a great time. What about you guys? Great to be with you, Lawson, and Camilla as well. It's been great. I, I thought I was going to, you know, be a little grumpy waking up at five in the morning to be here, but I'm feeling amazing. Thank you. Man, awesome. Being grumpy on radio. Now, that's a, that's a new idea. <laughs> uh, I think it's it's interesting, like, in, in the morning, like, uh, well, because when, when, when we were doing it in Raymond Terrace... Mm. Like having to get up really early to travel up there. I live in Warner's Base. So that's like a, oh, okay. it's like a, you know, 45 minute drive. And, um, yeah, it's just this a reason thing to of, be grumpy. It's like as you're driving along, you're just kind of thinking and trying to, to like, okay, I need to, I need to wake up. I need focus, to, focus. I need to get into the zone, you know? Um, Whereas, oh, it's so much better that we're back in the studio for the reason that is it's only 10 minutes from my house. So nice. I'm like, oh, yes, just drive on over. Hey, Lawson, I heard one of the news was that um, iron deficiency is one of the biggest issues, mm. nutritional issues in the world. Especially amongst young people, it was That's saying. right. So I actually want to take a second here to empower everyone that is listening. If you want to get some good sources of iron and improve your iron intake and absorption, here it is. Listen up. Dark greens, all the dark greens... Mm-hmm. Like kale, for example, mm, or broccoli, 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 yes, spinach, spinach, and legumes like lentils mm-hmm. or black beans, mm-hmm. all great sources of iron. And if you want to enhance your absorption, just have it with some vitamin C, like lemon or oranges. So I just wanted to call up out there because you know I'm passionate about health, and I'm yeah, here today as a guest. I just wanted to make sure everybody's blessed with these amazing things. But hang on, Camilla, I've heard that um, you need to uh, eat like a bucket full of spinach to get enough iron. And um, you could uh, you could have all of that iron and just have a, a slab of, of beef, a bit of a steak. So, so what about that? I mean, did you recommend, did you recommend the plants? <laughs> not at all, actually. Not at all? I was going to say, no, I was going to say not at all is true what you're saying. <laughs> so I recommend plants. And yes, you're right. A lot of people think you have to eat a lot. It's no. If you eat like a small head of uh, broccoli, it's already more intake in terms of not only iron, but all of other nutrients, including Ah. protein, than a piece of steak. Plus, when you're eating the steak, you have other side effects, which is the Mm. fat component and you you don't have any fiber. I mean, honestly, one of the biggest issues, we talked about the World Diabetes Day coming up in November Mm -hmm. 14. It's all about... People are not having any fiber. Fiber mm. is your best friend when it comes to preventing and reversing diabetes. And guess what? Animal products, all of them, including the steak, don't have any fiber, zero fiber. So what you're saying is uh, reduce down the steak and bump up the, the greens. Is that That's what you're right. saying? That's exactly what it Fantastic. is. Fantastic. And we're going to have another quiz. Oh, okay, yeah. Because, look... I'm just got. I got excited here that somebody got a prize, and I have another prize here. Nine ways to prevent diabetes. Who wants this beauty here? So the clue is. I mean, the quiz is. What book am I? 
So it's a book in the Bible because we're talking about the Bible, Sven. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sven is going to know this one, but don't say yet because we want somebody to call in. I'm losing all of the prizes here. It's yeah. no fair. It's <laughs> not a double prize. Is that a double yeah, prize? So double prize. But that's if we don't know it. If we don't know it, okay. If they know it before us. Okay, okay so here's the clue. The quote from the book. Come gather together for the great supper of God, so you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of all people. Ooh. Oh, that's that's not deep. a vegetarian verse. <laughs> 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 oh, that that's but challenging. That, that might be a clue. This is Ooh. figurative, it's symbols. Ooh. So that might be a clue into what symbols. we're talking about. Ooh. Ooh. I think I might know it. I I think I might know it, but then I think I might not at the same time. There's lots of there's lots of there's lots of different options out there. But of course, if you know it, you can give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three, and you can um, get this this prize completely for free. And it'll be double prizes because I don't think. Uh, do you do you do you know you know it, Sven, or do you? Think oh, you know look, it? I'm I'm just pulling Camilla's leg. I, I I think I would, but I want the person on. I want you to win it. You know, if you're listening yeah, on, on on the radio right now. So give us a call. Um, you'll get a prize. It'll be amazing. And um, yeah. Yeah, we want your calls. We love you guys when you call mm. in, when you text in. Of course, our text line, 0491064669. When you text in, it's amazing. So please talk to us. But that comes to our, well, we're going to do some talking now about the Bible specifically. Um, you know, we are studying as a part of our 20 million movement where 20 million people come together. We study the Bible together every single day. And of course, we've been talking about the book of Nehemiah. Uh, which has just been incredible. Nehemiah, so inspiring, such an in- inspiring person. Um, really courageous leader, isn't he? Oh, yeah. The, mm. the, I think that's the thing we've been noting um, as we've been going through the book of Nehemiah is how how he just puts his foot forward. He he takes responsibility. He's a true he's a true leader. Trooper. He's among the people. He's 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 you know very much inciting reform that starts with himself. He's like, hey, mm. I'm going to do this. We, we saw that as we studied through Nehemiah chapter 5 last week. And we saw, you know, the big issue that was going there on there was the nobles. They were um, putting more burdens on the people in terms of interest on tax and, and borrowing money and whatnot. And so that led the people to become essentially enslaved to the nobles who had brought them out of the Persian Empire to not be slave. And then, you know... Which is really bad leadership when it, you think about it. it. Was, They're just... Just using people. Exactly. It was really terrible. And Nehemiah, he stands up and he calls them out and he goes further than that. He not only calls them out and, you know, uh, instigates that, hey, you guys should not be doing this. You guys should, you know, restore this um, this money back to the people and you should restore them not as slaves, you know, as free people. But not only that, it goes on to say afterwards, Nehemiah, he's like, oh, hey, um, you know, I'm not going to eat any of the provisions of the king from Persia because they cost, you know, tax dollars that come from Jerusalem, like. I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to just, yeah, to put my first foot forward to be the best leader that I possibly can. Mm. Um, And then that brings us to now we're in Nehemiah chapter 8. And we see here, you know, by this time, um, oh, we have someone calling in on the phone. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. uh, Hello. Who's there? Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Doesn't seem to be connected. Yeah. I I can hear him coming through the speakers. Maybe but I don't somebody know. who got excited about answering the clue. I don't know get if the he prizes. can hear us. Oh, 
It's producer Shell, she's hard at work. His name's Nick. That's his call-up. His name's Okay, Nick. Are you there, Nick? No, unfortunately, Nick doesn't seem to be there. Um, sorry, Nick. Man, what a struggle. Ah, oh, sorry, Nick. But hey, we'll uh, we'll continue on. Hopefully, we can get that sorted out. And Nick can 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 come and talk to us. Um, but yeah, by the time we roll around to to Nehemiah chapter eight, um, the main the big things that have happened so far, uh, Nehemiah. He's come to Jerusalem to help them rebuild the city, to help them rebuild specifically the wall. And by this time, that has happened. They've fully rebuilt the wall. And we see in Nehemiah, at the end of chapter 73, we see that the children of Israel start to move back into the city. They start to move back into Jerusalem. They start to 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 occupy that space that was more sparsely occupied before because there wasn't a wall, there was no protection, there was no, you know, uh, uh, real system set up to, for it to function as a proper city. We see when Nehemiah shows up there, he's like walking around and looking at the different gates and there's just rubble and destruction. So, Lawson, I've got a question for you. So, so Nehemiah had this awesome kind of set of moral values uh-huh. as a leader, you know, and so the rest of the nobles, they, they were just using people, mm-hmm. they'd come out of slavery and then they were enslaving their own people, whereas Nehemiah had this this servant leadership, as we'd call mm-hmm. it, and, and he didn't take on anything. So where did he get his ethics? Where did he get his morals from? Well, it's interesting when we when we open, you know, the book of Nehemiah, when we start reading in chapter one, you see that this was a man who was very, very, very godly. Mm. God was at the forefront of his mind. He was very, um, you know, studious in the study of the Bible. He was very um, faithful and committed to God in prayer. Um, And that's, you know, the thing that that literally gave him the ability to come to Jerusalem. He was crying and weeping and mourning for the state of Jerusalem. Mm. And where did he take that to? He took it to God. He started praying, and it was about four months later where he was finally, after you know, four months of earnestly praying to the Lord, he was finally allowed to go back to Jerusalem uh, with the provisions of the king to help them rebuild the city. So, yeah, Nehemiah was incredibly faithful. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Which I think, you know, Nehemiah's faithfulness, yeah, it's, it's, it, that reflects in his morality. We, we talk mm. about, um, you know, the whole, as the Bible says, by beholding we are changed. Um, you know, when we look towards God, when we look towards specifically Jesus as well as, the, you know, God in human form, you know, how loving and caring and moral he was, you know, uh, how can, when we're constantly beholding him and, and striving to be more like him, how can we not be, you know, morally upright and, and, great people so when you spend time with god in prayer mm. um just just reflecting on who god is like it starts to reflect in your own sort of way you treat people mm. the way you walk through life it's pretty it, amazing in your own character you know we see there's the classic you know thing with with children of you know they have certain friends and we're like oh that friend's bad influence and that friend's you know good and that's because the way that their friends act that that's the same way that your children will act and that'll reflect in their character and their behavior um and whatnot you know and so jesus being the ultimate faithful ultimate amazing person if we strive to be friends with jesus well then that is going to have a huge reflection in our character and then we're going to become better and better and that's who that's who nehemiah was Mm. he was someone who was 
friends with God. He mm. was someone who loved God. He was someone who spent time with God. Therefore, it was reflected in his actions. I can resonate with um, Nehemiah also because I feel like at times he was frustrated and because he was leading people. And, and I, I guess to say, even when you're friends with God, Lawson, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have hardships. Mm. And, and if you're close to God and to his word, um, you'll still have some questions sometimes unanswered in your mind. Or you're going to be dealing with people that don't understand your vision. And it's, you know, sometimes for me, it's really hard to sell my vision because I think I've, I've, I've got too many things going on. And then I pray to God. I'm like, Hey, how, you know, help me out. And I like Nehemiah style of leadership because he not only surrenders to God, but he's very attentive to following God's ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. And I love in chapter eight, how they gather together as one body. I think the number one thing for us as leaders is to make sure that we're not leading and leaving people behind or like leaving scattered and everyone doing whatever they want. It's like gather people into one vision. And when we pray together and when we study the word together, there's something transcendental that happens. Like the divine, the Holy Spirit just works through and open ways that we wouldn't be able to do otherwise. So I think the big picture about Nehemiah, I think it's about surrendering and about following God's instructions and ways mm. of leading. And things happen that way. It's not by our mighty or strength because we can be strong and passionate and all of that, but it's through the power of the word of God and mm. following his um, instructions while we surrender to him. So there's value in spending time in God's word every day and mm. just like 100%. we do here on Faith of Him. 100%. Mm. And I think that because there is, there is power in the word of God. And we can know many things as we were talking about science before. And, uh, you know, we can study all about the boson potential and all that. But if we don't spend time in the word of God, we're not going to get the power that we need. Mm. I think, of course, as well as we, uh, I guess, recap about what we've been talking about this week so far at the start of chapter eight. Um, basically, this was the first real church service that they were having um, back in Jerusalem after the rebuilding of the wall. This is the first time they were coming together. And specifically because they're in the seventh month, it was for the Feast of Trumpets, but also because it was the seventh year, they were doing something that God had commanded Moses in the book of Deuteronomy. And that was that they would come together and read the entirety of the book of the law, a.k.a. Um, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. They would read it in its entirety in a group setting. This was the first time that they were doing this for years and years and years. In fact, not only would have this been the first time that they were doing it since they had been in captivity, which, you know, was around, you know, between that kind of 70, 100 years, um, but this is, it says later, much later in the book, that this is the first time that they had done it in the proper way since the time of Joshua, um, the son of Nun, who existed hundreds and hundreds of years before. You know, Joshua predates uh, not only the kings of Israel that had been ruling for hundreds of years, but also the judges of Israel. He was in the time of Moses. So it was only one generation who was actually keeping, you know, these commandments of God to come together, to read the word together, like literally just the generation after Moses. And then from that point, it was people um, 
you know, who were who were struggling, people like who just weren't doing it properly. And that that gives us real insight as to man, why were the children of Israel constantly going into apostasy and why were they constantly struggling with that and how did they end up into captivity? Well it was because, you know, they just weren't spending enough time with God, you know, and it's it's easy and man, this is convicting for myself and I think convicting for a lot of people listening. Like it's easy when we don't spend enough time with God to just fall away. Like it's so easy because they you know, we're constantly surrounded by the pressures of the world, by the pressures of sin, and we are sinful people. So, of course, we're going to end up in that place. Um, I'm just trying to put myself in, in their shoes, kind of just kind of sitting there listening to the Torah being read nonstop. And, and to kind of give you a picture, it reminds me of um, when, when I drive with my family, so with my wife, Marilyn, my two kids, and my kids always like, like two seconds into the drive, they're going like, Daddy, mummy, can we put on your story hour on the, on the, um, on the CD or the USB, mm. the, the MP3? And we go like, nah, just a bit more family time. And finally that, please, please, please. And so finally we start. So we're sitting there driving, you know, up to the mid, um, north coast, like three hours. And we're just listening to story after story after mm. story. And it's all, you know, it's, um, about David and Goliath and, and, um, David and Abigail and, and, um, all sorts of things. But I can imagine, you know, just sitting there in this, uh, group of people, uh, with Nehemiah and, and Ezra, and they're just going through the story, just listening, listening, listening. And, and I can imagine they're going like, wow, God, God did this in the past. Mm. I, I reckon he could do some pretty amazing things in our lives right now as well. I mean, even if they were discouraged, they could say, hey, God, God's, God's done some amazing things and he's still alive. That's something that we've been talking about over the last couple of days is that these people needed to hear this. In fact, they were very much relating to what was being said because imagine these people. They're, they're a group of God's people who have come recently out of captivity, have been led by God back to their homeland, back to the land that God has promised them, which has been restored by God. They were very much a, a type, a, 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 an example of the same story that Moses had. You know, um, they needed to hear and understand, okay, you know, like the book of Genesis, what is our beginnings? Why are we in this situation? Where do we come from? What's our, our identity? The mm. book of Exodus, oh, you know, the nation of Israel, God leading us to overcome adversary, you know, to overcome the slavery there. We talked about a little bit, you know, the comparison between uh, Pharaoh and King Artaxerxes. There were two people that God's, you know, Holy Spirit worked on to, to let the release of the people, you know, to let the people go. Um, it went in two different directions with Pharaoh. It was like, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit was working on his heart and his heart became hardened to the point where he lets them go, but then just to chase them down and kill them. And then God, you know, deals with him. Whereas Artaxerxes is an example of God working on someone's heart um, and then their heart, you know, becoming open and, and, and helping the people and restoring the people. Since, you know, like they'd just been away from home for a long time, mm. they'd been like maybe almost in prison or whatever, but they came home and it was like, you know, what's going to happen now? Yeah. And these stories like just built their faith. God is still here with us. Yeah, exactly. Mm. You know what I thought was interesting too? Like um, being like very practical and, and I like that there were two groups, like the 13 men mm. that helped people mm-hmm. to read and then the other 13 helped people to understand because there might be somebody out there listening and saying, you know, I don't read the Bible because I don't understand. Mm. And I know that sometimes reading the Bible, like people were reading here the Torah, the law, and they were probably not understanding everything. 
like Sven mentioned, the children listening to the stories, they maybe understand, but sometimes they'll be asking you questions. What does that mean? And so I love how throughout the history of the humankind, God is trying to reveal himself, his love and his plan and his ways of doing life mm. to all of humanity, but he never leaves people alone. There's always people to share how to understand and, and what it means. So I just want to call that out that, and, and thanks Sven for being here because I'm learning so much with you and with Lawson. And it's, I feel like people listening to this show might be feeling the same way. Fully. What I actually see here, which is really interesting, is not only the first church service after the captivity, but also this is kind of like the first Sabbath school. These are like the Sabbath school gonna, That's what they're, I was going to say. The, the Bible study leaders, they're, they're leading them here. We're going to be getting more and more into this, talking about this situation and how amazing it is. Uh, right after this, this is uh, Candy and Daryl Kun with Quiet Times. Uh, stay tuned and we'll come back right after this. times in a quiet room, how good, how good does it feel to be far away from the noise outside for a while, just for a while. Pray it easy to the Lord above and telling Him just how I feel. Reading the Holy to find nowadays there's people going every day ask them and they'll show you the way you buy your ticket with pain and it's a one way train just give me quiet times in a quiet room just the Lord in my soul
Welcome back to Faith FM, continuing on with the show. And I believe that someone has gotten the quiz. Yes, we are excited. Uh, sorry, Nick, we couldn't speak to you before, but you got the first answer right. And Nick is from Sale, Victoria, and he answered the quiz. Uh, we also got Matt. Shout out to Matt from Sydney who called with the correct answer, but he called after Nick. So Nick's going to get the double prize. And what and was I, the answer? Okay, so the answer is the book of Revelation. Oh, and that's what I was going to say. I was going to say that. <laughs> well, I know you were going to say that, but you didn't say oh. it, which means that Nick gets a double prize. He's getting the nine ways to prevent diabetes, and he's getting a book from the Happiness Digest series called Patriarchs and Prophets. Mm. So thank you for your participation, and uh, well done, Nick and Matt. Mm. Amazing, but actually, patriarchs and prophets, and it's like, is it? Is it? Nehemiah would be in, you know, a part of the book of. No, no, he would be way, way, way down the line. He's in the time of the the prophets and kings. Prophets and kings, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, so patriarchs and prophets, preceding prophets and kings, up until the times of the kings. So you know, around you know, from the book of Genesis to around the you know the book of Samuel, um, you know, going over the way that God led the you know not only from the beginning and the fall of mankind and whatnot, but then eventually as the establishment of the nation of Israel um, into uh, into the time up to the time of the kings. So yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much. It was Nick for calling in uh, with the correct answer. You're going to get this incredible book. Um, and stay tuned. Hey, we've got a giveaway coming up in you know in about half an hour. So if you stay tuned, we'll have another giveaway. And you don't even know, need to know an answer to the, to, to the Bible. You just need to call us. So stay tuned for that. But we are going to continue on with our Bible study. With I think I think it would be good now to just to, to read a little bit. As we've been talking about reading the Bible, we should read the Bible. Um, that makes sense, Lawson. So if if one of you guys, we're going to go to Nehemiah chapter 8, and we're going to start reading in verse 4. And I'm thinking going from verse 4 to verse 8. Oh, who is more comfortable with these names? That's that's what I want to ask, because I, I, I think uh, Camilla's pointing to Sven. I'm a Brazilian, and I will <laughs> say the names in a Brazilian way, so maybe Sven is a better pick. Okay. Okay, so Nehemiah chapter 8. Starting in verse 4 to verse Starting in verse 4. So if you're listening in your car, just listen along. Otherwise, if you're at home, you might want to turn to it too. So uh, verse 4 of chapter 8. And Ezra the scribe stood on a wooden platform that they had made for the purpose. And beside him stood uh, Mattatiah, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Messiah on his right hand. And Padiah, Michelle, Mikhajah, Mashab, uh, Mashbadadah, Hashbadana. Uh, Hashbadana, sorry, Zechariah and Meshulam on his right hand. And Ezra opened the book in in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And as he opened it, all the people stood. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Also, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, uh, Shebatai, Hobdiah, Messiah, Kalita, Azariah, Zoh, uh, Joshabad, Hanan, Palaliah. Uh, the Levites helped the people to understand the law. Well, the people remained in their places. Uh, they read the book from the law of God clearly, and they gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. So my apologies to any Hebrew speakers out there. The names might have sounded a bit like 
Aussie gibberish, but never mind. <laughs> it's all good. No, it was, it was good. It was well, it, it was, was a good attempt. Our first first try. I knew that they were names. So <laughs> <laughs> next time I'll, I'll do my my Hebrew uh, practice before I come. <laughs> and those are the thirteen two groups of thirteen that I mentioned mm, before, yes. right? Mm. And actually, this is a very interesting point, um, Camilla. And um, because, look, to, to be honest with you, these lists, um, they're 13 each, uh, so 26 in all. Um, it's actually a very small number of names. So if you want longer lists of names, go to Numbers or Chronicles <laughs> or, or places like that. And you can have like whole chapters and, and that it's just, you know, just on and on names like that. And, and, I've thought to myself, you know, this is so boring. I mean, imagine if you were a child listening. So they had to listen to numbers, uh, which has numbers and names. And imagine that they were sitting there going like, I have to listen to 6,700 tribes, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, fighters from this tribe and 607,000 soldiers from that tribe. And, and you can imagine them going like, this is really, really boring. Um, but the interesting thing is this, is that imagine if you actually knew these guys mm. and, and, and they were sitting there going like, they just read out my name. Mm. And so what the, what the Bible tells us, and I think these lists of names are really important, we kind of forget it, is that the Bible is about real people mm. that they knew and that, that it, was like, it was like saying, and, and Lawson and Camilla and Sven, they're all there reading the Bible together and it would have just lifted their spirits. We know these guys, these are amazing guys. Um, it's, so, it's so good to be inspired by them. I think something that the Bible is, is, is uh, preventing itself from doing is, is like, Heroitizing uh, certain people, like yeah. by just saying, like you know, because it would be easy to say, like this is the book of Nehemiah. That Nehemiah himself is writing, and I believe you know it's very much inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these words. He could just be like, oh yeah, and I did this and I did that, and there were some people there. Whereas no, he's taking the time. If you go back to Nehemiah chapter seven, the whole chapter is all the people who are in Jerusalem at the time, and so it's very much like oh, and five hundred people from this family, and two hundred people from this family, and yes. you know, and it's you know just going through and the reason Nehemiah is doing this is to recount and accord like hey I'm here in, in, in Jerusalem and I'm rebuilding this wall with the help of all these people like this is you know God you know working through his people his movement it's not about me it's about what God is doing and so it's it's powerful that they're you know that that he is writing it like mm. this way I guess you know it's not going to negate the fact that when you're reading it it's like okay I can't pronounce or understand these names but it's um you know it's highlighting the fact that god was working through a lot of people and the amazing area. thing is that your um, name and my name can be written in the book of life mm, fully. Um, in That's heaven beautiful. well whatever the, it's you know whatever kind of record whether it's an actual book or a you know it's an mp3 file or you know <laughs> it's a on, on the great cosmic computer um the fact is this when you put your trust in jesus mm. your name even if you're just an ordinary person uh with a you know john smith or a, a very unusual name hindu name um hindi name i should say or arabic your name can be written in the book of life and god remembers who you are that's beautiful. In a culture of superheroes, when, you know, children and even adults, they're looking after heroes that are not real. I love how the Bible bring real heroes mm. and not only the stories of he real heroes from the past, but guess what? We can be real heroes mm. for God. 
and perhaps just like this man here, helping people to read the word and to interpret and understanding the word. So if anyone out there, if you only know how to read, just reading the Bible to somebody, that makes you a hero for God. You can be mm. a real hero for God. Mm. Of, of course, you know, just, just wrapping up, we want to talk about where I think this passage of the Bible is really driving to. Mm. And it's it's this idea of congregating together to to hear, to understand, to consider, and to talk about the Word of God. Um, you know, church is one of the most powerful and amazing things that God has given us. Why? Because we, we're, we're human beings, we're relational beings, we need to be together. Um, you know, we need to be together to 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 lead each other. You know, the Bible has so much counsel, provoke each other to good works, and and come together and in, in prayer and and breaking of bread. Like we need church. Uh, something that Lyle, uh, Lyle always says is, hey, you know, the Bible never gives a direct instruction that you need to be a part of a church, but I've never seen anyone successfully not be a part of a church. You know, on this Christian walk, we need each other. We need church. Um, and so, you know, this is very much a model on how we can do that. Right now, this is Melissa Otto on While You Are Sleeping. I rejoice over
Don't wake up in the morning to spend time with you then. Please, please wake me. If I try to sleep in and forget what I'll be missing then, please, please remind me. Up, darling, a bird sang through my window, saying, "Good morning." Would you spend time with your maker? Harvey Seventh-day Adventist Church, and I'd like to personally invite you to worship God with us each Sabbath. We start off with Bible study groups at 9.30am, then hold our community worship service at 11am. We also organize groups that meet during the week to connect, eat, and study the Bible together. So if you're looking to be part of an encouraging Christian community, come and join us. For more information, you can call me on 0422-896-553. That's 0422-896-553. Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown maybe, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
Welcome back to Faith FM, continuing on with our breakfast show this morning. We have come to the time of the question of the day. Of course, we've already done two quizzes and both of them have been answered. Usually we do a quiz clue by now, but we're just, we're just flying through quizzes. And I think, uh, now nah, we're probably, we're not going to do another one, but we're going to ask, uh, Sven, who is with us today. We're going to ask Sven a question, um, about, I guess a little bit related to what we've been talking about. Uh, the children of Israel here in the book of Nehemiah get together and they, they talk about the book of the law, the first five mm. books of the Bible. Um, of course, by that time, um, that's all they had. Whereas yes. we come to now, we have, you know, a full, you know, not only the first five books of the Bible, but in the Old Testament, we have the, the, the law and then the history and the prophets and the songs. Um, we also have the New Testament as well, you know, with the, the gospels and the epistles. Um, my question simply is this, um, you know, if, if we've talked about how important reading and studying the Bible is, how did they come to putting the certain books of the Bible that they put in the Bible? Like, what, what, what did they do to, I guess, canonize the Bible? Why, how do, why do we have the Bible that we have today with the certain books that are in it? Mm, great question, uh, Lawson. And, and that word, um, canon is very important. So that's not a canon where they, you shoot cannonballs out of. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about the Bible, the, the canon is, um, it's actually a word which is used to describe like a ruler. A, mm. a set square. So what it really means is that the books that we have in the Bible are like kind of the, the measure or the, um, the, the way that you can determine, okay, what's right and wrong? What's, what's God speaking to us? So how do we get these books? Well, first of all, uh, Lawson, we have two sections in the Bible. And, and the first section is called the Old Testament, um, which is mm. probably better described as the, the Hebrew scriptures, mm-hmm. uh, which is all of the, the kind of the history and the, and the, um, the journey of God's people, the Israelites, uh, down through, uh, the, the millennia. And then we come to the New Testament, which is really, we could call it Christian, uh, scriptures or specifically related to the life of Jesus and also the, the early Christian church as well. So how do we get these books and, and why don't we keep on adding, uh, to them? Well, uh, first of all, what we find in the Bible is this, is that there were records of the, the supernatural miracles that God had performed down through history. Uh, so, so first of all, you have the, the story of creation, uh, which is, uh, you know, just that, that week of powerful miracles. Uh, and, and then on the, on the Sabbath, God rested to give us an example. And, and then you start move to the book of Exodus, where, where you have God freeing his people and, um, through a, a number of supernatural miracles as, as well. And so what happened was this, is that people said, Hey, this record is a true and accurate record, just like they, you'd say in court. This is a true and accurate mm-hmm. record of what God has done. And we need to pass this on. To to the new uh, to the next generation as well. We we want we want our children to be able to understand this. We want our our um, grandchildren to be able to understand as well. And so you have this this growing record of Abraham. Uh, well, you go back Adam and Eve and their kids, Abraham, and then you you've got the uh, the people in in Egypt, um, and then you've got the kings and the prophets. 
Um, and it was this, this record that people wanted to carry on. Also, God said, hey, you know, make sure that you teach your kids these things as well. Mm. Not only do you have those miracles, those supernatural um, uh, miraculous events that God did for them, but you also have... Uh, you also have prophecies, and that's a major thing as well. So God would predict what would happen. He would he would predict, and he would say, you know, if you worship idols like the the pagan cultures around you, then you go, there's going to be consequences. If you trust me, um, it won't be a problem. If you don't trust me, then then you'll find that um, you'll you'll face incredibly dark consequences. And so when those things came true. You know, the Chronicles and, and, um, you've got Isaiah and all of those books as well. People started to say, Hey, there's something really, really, um, important about this. And then we move on to the New Testament, which is all about the life of Jesus. Mm. And, and people said, once we have the life of Jesus, we have this record. We can now take this book, this, this collection of books. And this will be our record for our faith going forward. Mm. And it's a really amazing thing. The fact is this, is that you can read the Bible. Uh, you can you can trust what is written here because of the miracles, because of prophecy. It will literally change your life. It's changed thousands of people's lives, millions of people's lives down his, through history. And, and this book will cha- change your life as well. So you can trust that what is written here is what God wanted you to, to experience. Mm, that is incredible. That is inspiring. And if anything, that just makes me want to read the Bible. Absolutely. So that should be um, all of our plan, just to, to get to know God's Word better. Man of sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim.
Welcome back to Faith FM. We have come to the close of our show. And I mentioned earlier, this is the time where we have a giveaway where you can win something completely for free. And that thing today is an album by Anna Beaton. This is actually, oh, this is, this is probably my favorite Anna Beaton album at the moment. It's the one I've been constantly listened to, listening to as I drive in my car, or as I'm at home. Um, it's, this one is called Living Words. So this is an incredible album. Um, it has an amazing song on it, which will be coming up right after this called Genuine Love. Um, but yeah, you can give us a call 1-800-324-843 and win this album completely for free. Of course, I want to thank Sven for coming in. No problem at all. Doing our amazing interview today, as well as being a part of our, you know, Bible study. Uh, I want to thank Camilla. She's not here. She's had to step out. She, uh, incredibly busy person doing her, doing her amazing job of, you know, running the health department here in the North New South Wales conference. But we want to thank her as well. If, if you see, if you're listening and you see her today, well, tell her that I said thank you. I'll probably, I'll probably talk to her today as well and say thank you because she did a fantastic job and we're just so stoked that you guys are listening of course we want to remind you if you uh have the the desire if you want to study the bible if you want to get in contact with someone who can um study the bible with you give us a call at 1-800-324-843 and wherever you are right across australia we um can hook you up with a Bible teacher who will, you know, take you through the Bible. Also, you know, we're talking a little bit about church today. If you want to get in contact with your local church, give us a call. Uh, but stay tuned. This is Anna Beaton with Genuine Love. It's growing deep inside my heart. I need your strength to pull them out.
Love.